0: Once we made that mental switch to no, we need to make this a business and really focus on it and do everything right, that's when the channel really started to pick up.
1: Hey, this is Heath Patchett, and welcome to the RV Entrepreneur Podcast, episode 172. The RV Entrepreneur is a podcast for anyone interested in downsizing their life, creating remote income, and working from anywhere. Today on the podcast, I'm bringing back Joe Russo, who you may remember, I interviewed him back on episode 111 uh, with his wife, Kate. When Joe and Kate first started RVing, they really didn't have any intentions of trying to monetize their life. It was kind of extended road trip, like a lot of us when we first started. But then they started a YouTube channel as a hobby, which quickly turned into a very real business, a business with millions of views on some of their videos and next month joe is releasing his second book sharing their story of what life on the road is really like and one of my favorite parts of this episode is when joe breaks down how he took his youtube channel from a hobby to a very real business uh, and the three things that made the biggest difference which were finding his brand voice creating consistent content and setting business hours to work on youtube We cover a few of the challenges that come with treating YouTube as a business, like lowering and managing your burn rate and finding ways to diversify your income. Plus, Joe shares the one thing that you really need to do in order to make money as a content creator. There's a lot of great wisdom from Joe in this episode, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Without further ado, let's get into this episode with Joe Russo. Joe, thanks for being on the podcast, man. Hey, Heath. Thank you for having me. It's been, been, I guess, two years since I've seen you, and... Uh, hung out actually about a year and a half, I guess, since RVE two. Is that right?
0: Yeah, that was uh, March of 2018 or it's, 2017. A
1: lot of things have happened. 2018, in a uh, yeah,
0: of- a lot of stuff. Yeah.
1: <laughs> what what have been? Uh, we, I think, we when we talked last on the podcast, I really, I enjoyed getting to hang out with you guys a lot in Texas. Uh, would love to drag you out to our next conference uh, that we're going to be hosting again next year in Alabama. Uh, but I guess before we kind of dig in and hear. Um, what you're working on? Like, what have been some of the highs and lows over the past couple of years? You guys have been on the road now for a few years, uh, still crushing it on YouTube. Uh, you've been bouncing around different uh, RVs and um, have a different number of different projects in the works. But what are what are kind of some of the highs and lows of the past couple of years?
0: Man, yeah, it's been a crazy year and a half. So let's see. After right before we saw you guys at RVE, we had lost our dog Leo. So from there, we decided that once Leo was gone, we were going to try to do more international travel. And that last, the last period of 2018, we spent, let's see, we went to Barcelona, we did a cruise around the Caribbean, went to, to spend a month in China, went to base camp in Tibet, um, or Everest base camp in Tibet, and... Did almost the entire eastern seaboard in our van. So we've been, yeah, we've been making the rounds. Um, Our goal right now is to do all of Canada and RV all of the US. And earlier this year, we actually rented a camper van on Maui. And if you've never done Hawaii in a camper van, I highly recommend it. It is the absolute best way to see the island.
1: Was it like a one of like the mount or or what like a minivan or was it actually like a little RV or what kind of camper van are we talking?
0: Uh the funny thing was it was a Hymer Active, the same van we had at the time. Okay. And it was kind of weird or surreal because when we got to Hawaii, we get in the exact same van that we have back on the mainland. And there were times where I would be looking for something and I'd start going through cabinets and realize, wait, this isn't our van.
1: <laughs> that is funny. We really need to go rent an RV in Hawaii because when we tell people that we R V to all 50 states or traveled all 50 states, our first year of marriage, are like, how'd you get an RV to Hawaii? And it's like the most lame joke that I, it's super tired of answering. So we just need to rent an RV in Hawaii so we can just tell people that we've RV'd to 50 states. Uh, are there actually places to are there campgrounds in Maui, or how does that work?
0: So the only established campgrounds, I think one was a YMCA place that was ridiculously expensive on the road to Hana. And then there is the National Park, which Haleakala National Park. So there are a couple campgrounds there, and as long as you pay your entrance fee, the campgrounds are free. But they're not really campgrounds. It's more like big open fields you can park in. Otherwise, at least on Maui, there are a lot of beaches and places around the island where you can just boondock overnight for free. Oh, wow.
1: And they're pretty friendly to people who are in camper vans?
0: For the most part, I would just say for anyone who is going there, especially on the road to Hana, make sure that you, if you're going to camp someplace that there are either A, other campers there, or B, you've gotten permission from the locals. So funny story, we were on our way to Hana. We had left a little bit late. And we were looking for a place to park just along the side of the road. And a local came up on his little, um, you know, ATV, wanted to know what we were up to and was kind of scoping us out. And once he realized we were cool, he said, look, I've got a place you can camp. Come on down. It's right along the ocean. No one will bother you. So we follow him down. We were a little skeptical, but this place was gorgeous. So we went with it. And right as we were crawling into bed, this guy comes up next to us, starts yelling and screaming and telling us to get out of there and he's going to kick our butts and all this stuff so we're like all right fine we're going to leave we get ready to go the guy comes back and has me roll down the window and apologizes because he called his uncle who was the guy that told us to stay there and said you're good you can park here don't worry about it so that's my kind of warning if anyone goes randomly parking places on the road to hana you may get hassled by the locals
1: Wow. Yeah. I I guess they're probably not used to a lot of RVs or camper vans being out there. And if they are, they're maybe not have a great reputation. Cause I I've looked at some of the TripAdvisor uh, forms we looked at running an RV on the big Island or a camper van, mm-hmm. not RVs. Uh, and it just seemed like there could, you know, they might not be as friendly as in the mainland cause they're just not used to it. You know what I mean? They're like, who's this yeah. person staying in this van?
0: <laughs> yeah. And the funny thing was, all the locals knew that particular van. They're like, oh, yeah, we've seen that van going around. What are you guys doing in it? It's just, it's one of those things where there are only a couple rentals on the island, so everybody sees them. Yeah. And I think, unfortunately, you get lumped in with the people who aren't behaving the best as others might.
1: Yeah. You guys are kind of starting to dip your toe into doing quite a bit more international trips, which Alyssa and I have our first uh European camper van trip booked in October and you're going to be in Morocco. We're going to be relatively close. I'm, it'd be kind of, it'd be fun to do a caravan trip in a different country, but do you guys kind of feel like you've done a lot that you wanted to see in the U S and now you're just like, oh, let's go see what else is out there and, and, and continue kind of doing it by camper van or.
0: We feel like we've only really scratched the surface of the U.S. I mean, I can't tell you how many places around the country we would love to go back to and just spend a few months. Like, Right now we're in Bend, Oregon, and Kate and I are talking about um, coming back up here in September because we are going to be testing some other rigs, and we're like, you know what, let's enjoy the Pacific Northwest even more, try to spend more time, get more integrated into the culture. And I think that's, it's really about trying to spend more time in places, get to know people. And what I've told others is we've gone from having this little community – when we started in Los Angeles to now the U.S. is our community and the more time we spend going around the more we get accustomed to it know people we have our favorite spots and things so it's a lot of fun for us
1: it's interesting to kind of build a network of friendships based on like common interests versus geography because for many many people you know you kind of build up or at least i did for a long time you know you have your friends in one place because you went to college together or you had a job together and you know like maybe you have some things in common obviously to build that friendship but it's more than anything your friends because of geography you're, you're in proximity to each other And, you know, spending quite a bit of time out on the road the past few years, we built so many friendships with people who really have the most things in common with us. And we can go there for a few weeks and spend time and drop in in different places. And that's kind of like a priority for us now is like, how can we leverage our time out on the road to spend more time with the people who we love spending time with?
0: Absolutely. Yeah, we've called it a roaming reunion. So we always (laughs) we plan our trajectory between um, stops at friends or family's places. I love that. Uh, it's been—you
1: were on episode, I think, 111 of the podcast. I'm—I'm I'm just riffing off the top of my head. I think I—that's what I saw when I looked at it the other day. You guys, whenever you first hit the road, you weren't planning on on working, right?
0: No, we weren't.
1: And now you—you you do YouTube. Uh, you've got one book out uh, called Take Risk that came out a couple years ago. It Did really well. Um, you know, helping encourage people to take risks, uh, similar to kind of some of the things that you guys had learned from taking risks to go out and hit the road and travel. And you have another one coming out uh, in September, the adventures and misadventures of RV living, which I'm excited to check out. And whenever you meet new people, like in social situations now, like how do you kind of describe what it is you do, especially if they're not like part of the RV community and they don't follow your YouTube or anything like that. Like what's 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 the job title of Joe and K. Russo right now?
0: So the one we've settled on. Oh, and by the way, the title of the new book is Tales from the Open Road. Oh, Tales from the Open Road. I read the subtitle. Yeah, and then the and then that's the, the subtitle. Oh, OK. Of the sorry. Adventures and misadventures of. RV living. No worries.
1: This podcast is Um, the adventures and misspeaks of Heath. So yeah,
0: sorry about that. (laughs) So what we've kind of settled on is we tell people we own a media company. Okay. And essentially that's what it's become. I mean, everything we produce is media for one platform or another. And although it's all created for us internally, essentially that's what it is. It's uh, books, video articles, and other content on other platforms. So media company. When you say created
1: for you guys internally, what do you what do you mean by that?
0: So we don't really go out and create video content that we give to other people. Got it. Okay. We've been asked at times, but for the most part, what we like to do is we like to create the content and own the content ourselves. We will work with other companies and things to produce content, but it's always owned by us and hosted by us on our own channels.
1: I've interviewed quite a few people who do YouTube on the podcast and have some friends who are you know part of the youtube community and it's kind of interesting because when some people think about content creators or influencers or whatever word you want to slap on them um i don't know like if there's in general a positive or negative connotation i don't think it really matters um but the more and more i've thought about youtube um it's so similar to starting a business like starting a youtube channel is like figuring out what the audience wants figuring out how to package it up in a way that makes sense And then essentially providing enough value through videos that there's enough eyeballs that advertising makes sense and is relevant. And essentially, you know, it's the same as any media company has ever done. So I was just thinking about that before we jumped on the podcast. I never really thought about it that way. And it makes total sense. It's like I and I've also seen a lot of people not only capitalize off of that advertising, but off of, you know, creating legit businesses on top of the YouTube platform in that community and finding additional ways to serve the needs of the people who are already watching that those the the channels.
0: Exactly. I mean there there are so many different ways to skin the cat, I think. People like ourselves, we created the YouTube channel in order to start our business and really use YouTube as one of the platforms of our business. But there are other companies that will use YouTube as a marketing tool for their business. Um, You know, I've always heard it being said that if you are going to start a business, try to become the, what is it, the the thought leader or the expert in that certain niche. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people use a website or YouTube to kind of become that expert. So if you're a tire salesman, you have a YouTube channel about tires and how you're the expert for tires. And anytime anyone has a question about tires, they come to you. And subsequently, then they buy from you. You know, there are all sorts of ways to do it. We started it just kind of out of, I would say, not necessity, but it was one of those things where the website was kind of dragging its feet. We had already been on the road for three or four month, months. And we, I kind of pitched Kate on starting a vlog and going that direction. We had tried to do a few videos before we even hit the road and none of them came out well. And I thought I looked like an idiot on camera. So we didn't think that was really a viable option, but we we tried it, just kept at it, and it went from this mentality of, okay, this is a hobby and something fun to do to we need to figure out a way to change our state of mind to this is no longer a hobby but an actual business and treat it like a business.
1: And. You guys started it with that intent, it sounds like, to actually be a business, and you said you started it to, to do that. It seems like a lot of people were like, I just want to kind of document my time on the road and things like that, but that wasn't the case with you guys. You're like, I want, I, we need to make money. Like, let's start a business, and we're going to do it on YouTube.
0: Exactly, but I would say when we started the YouTube channel, I wouldn't say it was quote unquote a hobby. We were going to try to make money off of it, but we weren't treating it like a business yet. So it was kind of happenstance when we chose to make a video and when we didn't, um, we were all over the place with topics. We weren't really marketing the YouTube channel. We were just kind of hoping it would take off on its own. Once we made that mental switch to, no, we need to make this a business and really focus on it and do everything right, that's when the channel really started to pick up. So what were like
1: three big things that you did differently? Um, I heard consistency. Consistency. Uh, and honing in on the videos, like what are three other things that you guys did differently when you kind of made that switch from hobby to business?
0: I would say the first one was finding our voice as a brand. So looking at were the Russos and what what was it we wanted to get across to people. A big reason I wrote my first book, Take Risks, was we want to help inspire, educate, and let people live or get people to live the life that they really want. So that was always kind of an ethos behind any of the videos we produced. The other was being consistent. So once we did find that voice, not really going off-brand or doing things that didn't work with where we wanted to go with Where the Russos, and also putting up videos in a timely manner on a consistent basis. And I think the third was really looking at it in terms of a business where we would set certain hours or really sit down and say, this is work time and not play time. And drawing a line between the two.
1: That makes that makes sense. You guys weren't like the only person in the um, RV vlogger niche, and I mean, there's a million different niches out there. Sometimes I don't know if I want to say niche or niche, so I just say both, and just hope that one of them <laughs> is the right one. I've had this podcast long enough, and I still don't know which way one is the right one.
0: Uh, I, and actually, I, I pronounce it niche. Okay. So, gosh. There's um, three.
1: I thought I was, I thought I was covering my basis. Um, apparently I'm not. There's some people who listen to this too, who may want to start a YouTube channel in a totally different space. They may be looking at it and there's like, oh, there's already a lot of people in there. Maybe they want to do like iPhone tech reviews or something like that. It could be like, whatever you guys, there were already several people in this niche. Now, now I'm covering my basis. Uh, I think, <laughs> what did you guys do that was different? Like, how are you going to create content that was different than what other people were already doing?
0: At the beginning, we started, we tried to emulate other things that looked popular. And what we found was that just didn't work for us because in doing so, we were looking at other people's content and trying to, in a sense, reproduce what they were doing, which just wasn't us. So we decided, we actually stopped watching other YouTube content about RVing. And we just started doing our own thing. We, I think what differentiates us is just, our own personality. So there are a lot of different YouTube channels out there in this genre. And, you know, we might all be doing the same thing, but we do it in our own way. And I think because there are just so many people out there interested in this lifestyle, they can go in and say, hey, Joe and Kate are the ones I like to follow. Or, you know, they're just not our cup of tea. So we're going to go watch someone else. You know, we've really kind of narrowed down to, I think, a lot of travel and educational RVs about or educational videos about RVs and different things within this lifestyle.
1: I like that. When you when you guys sit down to create a video, what do you what do you think about? Like, is there a certain th- thought process in your mind that we're going to create a video? Like, we're thinking about this type of person, or we're trying to get this across, or is it like I'm going to pick up the camera and just kind of see what happens today? Like, what is what do you what do you think about when you're creating a video?
0: We usually try to think about. I mean, if we're doing a video walkthrough of a certain van or RV we try to focus in on a particular feature that is unique to that brand or that company. But outside of that, when we're doing our travel style videos, we usually try to sit down and game plan. What, what is this video about? What's the theme of the video going to be? And like we have a video going up later today that probably had three or four different themes. And by the end of the period of us filming was something completely different that was unexpected and just kind of, Organically grew out of the content we were shooting. So while we do try to pre-plan, half the time I would say we go completely off the reservation.
1: <laughs> I like that. What's one thing that, looking back on all of your videos or maybe even your first buck that you're that you're kind of most proud of from a value perspective? Like, I think we haven't spent a lot of time on YouTube. A little bit um, this past year, we we did more uh, before kind of stopping traveling to have our daughter and one of the things i really enjoy was like a lot of people that reached out to us went to new zealand after we went and like did our whole little trip like rented from the same company and planned a similar itinerary and i was like oh that's cool they got a value from it because they're going to go on this really amazing trip And because we went to these places first, not first, like probably the five millionth person who's went there um, that year, but because we shared it and shared our journey, not only do we have these cool videos that we can go back and watch, but it's helped somebody else plan a really amazing trip to this place that we love. So like when you guys look at your videos and, and your book and your blog, what's one of the things that you're most proud of from like, this is offering like a real value prop for other people?
0: Well, I would say definitely the book take risks, because I've gotten a lot of people who have reached out to us to say this book really inspired them to make changes in their lives. And we've met a lot of people that have come up to us and just said, you know, we started a plan, we quit our jobs, we're now on the road, or we're doing this other thing with our life. And that is one of the most rewarding things to Kate and I, I think second to that would be our van life series, because a lot of people were kind of interested in band life but they weren't really sure it was for them and we've had a lot of people tell us they're in bands and on the road now because of us and a lot of other people who have said that after watching your videos we realized this was not the thing for us (laughs) and we're very happy because we didn't go and make that mistake yeah so you know whether it inspires you or uninspires you in some way as long as you realize that or as long as our content helped you in some way that to me is the most rewarding thing
1: Yeah. What do you think is one of the bigger mistakes that people make who are trying to get started on YouTube?
0: Oh, um, I would say not finding a voice. I, I think if you find a really popular YouTube channel, you can go from video to video and you already kind of know, you, you know what to expect with that video. There are some other channels out there that They're all over the place. They might do a travel video and then a tech video and something else. And you really aren't sure what to expect from them when you go to watch a video. So I would say keep a consistent voice, develop a brand and let people, people should know what they're gonna find when they get to your YouTube channel.
1: Is a consistent voice different than topics? Because some people cover lots of different topics and they still do really well. So do you mean like an outlook on certain things and how you present them, like whether you're a really positive person like Casey Neistat, or is it more about, do you think, having honed in a focus on the topics that you're covering?
0: I think it's a bit of both. I think with a Casey Neistat, while he he might do all different topics and things to talk about, you still get that same voice from his videos. It's the same positiveness. It's You know, these cool jump cuts and everything he does, the music, the drone shots and all of this. And when you watch the video, even though it might be a completely different topic, it feels like the one you just finished watching earlier. If you're a tech channel, you know, you don't need to just talk about cell phones. You can talk about computers and all different things. But make sure that the the way you're talking about it, the way you show it, the way you represent your brand is consistent across everything. I think one of the problems we had early on is we would do a a random product review about a dog gadget, and then we would do a RV walkthrough, and then we would do a travel video, and about food. And people would kind of say, "We're not really sure what's going on here. Um, are you guys like food bloggers, or are you talking about you know dog products, or are you in the RV space? What's going on here?" So I think we had to really tighten that up and find find out who were the Russos really were or are (laughs) yeah
1: is it is it kind of funny to like are you so like talking about yourself in third person like that
0: no it's kind of weird it's it's really (laughs) it's weird but I did I did tell Kate the other day I'm glad we call our brand we're the Russos because when people see us in person they're like hey you're we're the Russos and I'm like yep we're the Russos nice to meet you I like that. Uh, it, it's
1: funny. Alyssa and I do the same thing. I'm like, because we're talking about different projects and I kind of split them between like RVE Summit and kind of an RVE Entrepreneur Community Podcast, whatever, is one entity. And then Campground Booking is a whole nother focus. And then I say like Heath and Alyssa stuff. Um, so it's like, you know, all encompassing, but it's it's fun and it changes. So anyway, let's talk about income, like as a content creator and kind of different hitting different milestones and goals with that, because that's always something that's fun to dig into and get specifics on. So mm-hmm. You guys started off on YouTube from scratch, and then you have the book. So, and uh, maybe you have a little bit of income coming in through different stuff on your on your website as well. Can you kind of talk through different like goals and and different milestones that you guys have kind of hit on your path to be like being fully sustainable as somebody who is a content creator? Because I think that's that's a big goal and dream that a lot of people have. Not necessarily just in travel space, um, but you know, just content creators in general, and trying to get to that point where. If you love waking up and making videos, you get to do that. If you like writing blog posts, you get to do that. And um, if it can provide value for other people along the way, maybe there's a path to making a full-time income from that. So maybe you can kind of walk through hitting some of those different goals that you guys had and and what helped you get there.
0: Sure, I think one of the biggest mistakes a lot of people make that I've spoken to is they're trying to replicate their income that they had in while working for someone Mm -hmm. else on a youtube channel and that is their main goal and it that is a very extremely lofty goal uh, for most people and it's not going to happen at least not right away so and do you think if you
1: and you think sorry to cut you off but do you think um if you do that from the very beginning and you're like i need to make money do you think that people can kind of smell that you're a little desperate
0: well, I think there's a desperation there, but I think it takes away from what it is you're really trying to do, which is build a channel and build a brand and help, you know, it, it help people whatever it is you want to do because you're more focused on the money. I think the better way to do it is to really break things down and it's good to have monetary goals, but if you're trying to go from 0 to making 50,000 a year on a YouTube channel, it's that's going to be a lot of work and it's that's going to be all you can think about Mm. however if you're focused more on the content and you start small it's a lot easier and you have little wins along the way so for example when we started our main goal was to cover the cost of the starbucks trips (laughs) we were making to get these videos uploaded because at the time you know verizon didn't have unlimited plans and all these things so we were going to starbucks or other coffee shops and using their wi-fi so that was goal one: pay for the coffees that I drank while at Starbucks. Then we would move on to other things, and we'd say, uh, "This month we want to make enough to cover our monthly RV payment." Then we want to, you know, we'd we'd take little things in our lives and try to cover that with what we were making. And when we do it, it would be a huge win for us. And what we saw was, as we were doing that, we were focusing more on the content, less on the money. And those little wins were coming pretty frequently for us. It took us a year from when we started the channel until when we were covering our uh, monthly expenses. And this is between, the majority of money was coming in from YouTube, but also our website, all the affiliate sales we do through Amazon and other things, and just you know little things we had here and there, but one year for us to go from zero to, I don't even remember what the number was now, but covering our expenses every month—that's
1: awesome. and and I did a really similar thing uh, early on because it's easy to get discouraged when we were mostly blogging to kind of start out before the podcast and any of that. And it was like once we made like a couple hundred bucks to cover like a phone bill kind of thing, that was a big deal. And you also you also kind of realize like making money through things that you love doing, even though they're one tenth or one twentieth as much. Is not the same as making a full time income doing something you hate. At least for me, it's not. Like, I would so much rather make a tenth as much doing something I enjoy doing versus, you know, having that sustainable job that I don't want to get up and go to every
0: day. Absolutely. And the other thing it helps you do is if you are looking at, let's say, your life in chunks, you start to pay more attention to the things you're spending money on. So if you're trying to cover that cup of coffee, you start to look at other aspects in your life and you're like, you know, Maybe we shouldn't be spending all this money here on food and going out. Maybe we should try to cook in the RV more often. It changes your perspective on life, too.
1: Yeah, it's kind of one of the reasons I still am such a huge fan. I mean, RVing is just like one path of a million different kinds, I obviously, of peop- what people can take for like where to live and how to travel and things like that. But one thing that I really enjoy about the community as a whole is I feel like people get hyper-focused on their expenses and their burn rate, and which you really need to do if you're getting a business started. You need to know what you're spending, and it kind of helps break that status quo that so many people have um, for spending money. You know, like that they don't pay attention to how much they spend. uh, And they spend too much. And you have you you have this really high burn rate for a house and, uh, you know, mortgage and all these things that maybe don't like really need. And you're having to work a job that you don't like in order to supply that. So it's like, people complain all the time about, you know, wanting to do things they enjoy or not wanting to go to work on Monday. And it's like, you have this really big house and a mortgage and things like that. It's like, you don't want to give up these things that you think you need. Um, so you work this job you don't like to me. It's just like, I don't understand that,
0: that logic, but (laughs) yeah, I mean, I was, I was definitely there and so was Kate. And that's the reason we got out of the rat race. You know, when we hit the road, we were only going to do it for a year and it was just to take an extended vacation, find a new place to settle down and go right back to working for or working in a job we hated. And It was just – I think it was that motivation once we came – about a month in, we said we got to figure out a way to make this work. And it was that motivation that we only have so much money in our bank account. Here's our burn rate. And we need to slow that burn rate as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. We really put everything into the business.
1: Yeah. And I also think like – a lot of the people that i've talked to on this podcast and that we've met on the road who have like who are running some kind of business or you know a content creator like you guys who have been able to finance this as a full-time job they have like not only started traveling but started a business at the same time which is always kind of interesting because you're doing like these two things that don't seem like they go together but do but i think the interesting thing is once you realize how much you enjoy something you can work that much harder to achieve it so it's like if you're thinking about like quitting your job to start a business or like quitting your job to travel or, or something like that. It's one thing to dream about it, but I almost think it's easier once you've taken the leap, as long as you've kind of prepared and you're not going to fall on your face because you realize like, this is so amazing and I want to do whatever I can to hold on to it because I, I really enjoy what I'm doing every single day. And I'm willing to like work insane amounts to, to make sure that it comes to fruition.
0: Absolutely. I, we have plenty of friends who are still in their full-time jobs and they would love to do what we're doing or do, essentially be their own boss. But when you look at the way they're trying to do it, it's kind of, it goes back to that hobby versus business mindset. Even though they're thinking of it as a business, they're not treating it as a business. And by treating it as a business when you're working for yourself, you need to be 100% dedicated to that. Even if you have another job, the hours you're not working at your other job need to be focused on growing your business and your brand and whatever it is you want to do.
1: Absolutely. Moving on a little bit, but still kind of in the same arena. One thing that you guys have also done really well is not just like some of your YouTube videos have like millions of views, which is really cool. And obviously I hope you guys are ranking in raking in some good ad revenue on those guys. But you've you diversified. So you have the book, you have some income on the blog, and I'm sure you guys have some other things that I haven't even thrown out there. But that's something that I, I see a lot of people kind of struggle with like especially people who do client work you know like it's kind of um, feast or famine like you have to always go get something to kind of get to the next phase of a client and if there's not anything you're, you're kind of struggling a little bit but the benefit of what you guys have done is that if there's a slow month on if YouTube changes its algorithm you guys also have a book on Amazon and you've got another one coming out and you also have some stuff going on your website I guess affiliates posts and things like that so what's kind of been your approach to Kind of taking time away from one platform to diversify income streams. Because I think that's really crucial if you're somebody who's trying to create a full time income as a content creator. It's almost sometimes easier to like ramp up one thing, take a little bit of time away from it to like get something else moving as well.
0: Yeah, that, that's a really tricky line to walk because what we've found is we. When you're running a business like this, you can go all in and spend almost your entire waking hours working on the business. And we really had to find a point at which we said, this is how many hours we're willing to dedicate to the business. And the rest of it, we have to enjoy our lives because that's why we're doing this. And within those hours of work, we've dedicated time to our website, YouTube channel and you know some other things that books that we're passionate about. That's where we want to go. But in the background, there's a whole bunch of ideas kind of sitting, waiting to for us to find time to work on them. But what we found is by diversifying our income, as you mentioned, if YouTube changes its algorithm, which it has, um, I think in the beginning, I wanna say it was twenty twenty seven, no, 2018, we woke up one morning and our YouTube income had dropped by 50% because of wow. changes they had made. And that's the reality of it. What I tell people is, when you're looking to start, let's say, a YouTube channel, build up a website to accompany that YouTube channel. Not only does it help market and promote it, but you own the website, you own all the content there. YouTube can close its doors one day, it can kick you off their platform, there are a number of things that can happen. So you need to have a, a website or something else that you tangibly own. And I would always recommend people have products, so be it merch, uh, books, something you invent or something you make, uh, just anything you can have that is your own. Because, you know, Amazon, for example, if you're selling there or you have a book there, they can pull that out from under you and close your account. And there are plenty of people that I've heard of that happening too. So if you can sell on your own website or whatever it is, do that. And, yeah, I think that's my roundabout way of saying try to diversify your income, (laughs) have something you own, make it yours, don't rely on others, and... Find that line between how much time you want to put into the job and how much time you want to have fun.
1: I love that. Amazon, speaking of that, it is a powerhouse and it amazes me how much opportunity is currently available on the behemoth that is Amazon for anybody to grab. You know, like as far as the crazy amounts of traffic that are pushed to books in every vertical, um, the amount of products that are created every single day by people on the platform um have you has that kind of been your experience with amazon obviously you need a good product like i take that with a grain of salt that you're not shipping a crappy product but like has that surprised you as well like the kind of evergreenness of the amazon platform when it comes to like books and things like that
0: oh absolutely i mean when i launched the first book i actually i went wide across all platforms and i've kept it that way but I would say 95% of all my sales come just through Amazon. Um, So yeah, so book two is actually just going to be exclusive to Amazon Mm -hmm. uh, because there are some additional benefits you get. You know, it's one of those things it's scary. um, But at the same time, since I do own the book, I can turn around and if something were to happen on Amazon or to my account, I can turn around and either sell it directly on our website or go to those other platforms. But Anywhere else outside of Amazon, you really have to work to get people to go there to spend their money because all of us are so accustomed to just going to Amazon, clicking, and it's there in a day or two.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're a you're, you're ready and willing buyer on Amazon, almost too much of a willing buyer.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: Uh, I love it. Well, last question for you, Joe, and I, I really enjoy talking to you, man. Again, I'm going to peer pressure you on the podcast to, that you and Kate need to come to our, our next summit to hang out some more. Uh, but the, the, the question I typically ask on the podcast and have for a long time, I'm, I'm switching it up as of the past episode and I want to, I just, I love this question. What's the biggest thing that you've learned in the past year?
0: Oh man, past year, be flexible. And I think we've always kind of held that, but in the past year with all the stuff that's gone on with us, be flexible, be ready to adapt and change to whatever hits you. And as long as you are, you'll be able to keep going and make lemonade out of lemons. I love it, man. (laughs) I had to throw that in there.
1: Yeah, you got to. Uh, Where's a good place for people to connect with you guys and um, be ready when your
0: next book comes out? Oh, so this is actually another um, piece of advice. Since you do, when you are building out that website that is, let's say, a complement to a YouTube channel or something else – Since we own the website, we like to drive everyone to weretherussos.com because all that traffic is ours. We don't want to, you know, yes, you can go to YouTube and find us, but we also put all our videos on our website or at least link to them. Uh, Plus, there's a lot of other cool content. There is a section on our books. But to find my latest book, Tales from the Open Road, The Adventures and Misadventures of RV Living, you'll find that on Amazon. You can pre-order it now and then it, it will go live September 2nd.
1: I love it, man. Well, super excited for you guys. And uh, maybe we'll have some international camper van caravanning to do together at some point.
0: That would be awesome. We'd love to travel with the three of
1: you. Awesome. Sounds good, Joe. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for tuning to that episode with Joe. If you want to grab the show notes from this episode, there's a lot of things we talked about. You can go to heathandelissa.com and click on podcast. And all the show notes are there from every episode that I've ever recorded. Thank you guys so much again for tuning in, and I'll see you all next time on the RV
0: Entrepreneur Podcast.